Long Take Review, a film podcast with one eye always on the Oscar race. I'm your host, Jensen Chakchai Bankard, and I'm here with two friends who did not unfortunately become Oscar nominees this morning. Your nominees in my heart. Okay. okay. Uh, first, he's feeling as good as Christopher Nolan probably is right about now. It's P.T. McNiff. How's it going? Uh, it's going well, uh, justice for Joe Hisaishi, but uh, we'll get into that as as time goes forward. Yeah, don't get me really mad right like at the top of the, the show. Wait, we gotta wait. <laughs> and he's going to need our condolences for all the strangers getting shut out. It's Antonio Elefano. Are you okay, Antonio? How are you doing? I, I'm okay. <laughs> um, I, I I went to my um, I went to my DVD collection in my in my living room and and I and I looked at it and found three titles of excellent films that also got zero nominations and they were lovely and amazing. One of my favorite movies, Brick and Roger Dodger. Um, and I figure that's not that's not bad company to keep. So while my heart bled a little for for Andrew Scott, especially, we're we're all going to be okay. <laughs> all right, there we go. I have not seen Roger Dodger, but I have seen Brick, and it is, I can agree it is excellent. All right, so if you haven't figured it out based on uh, the strange comments we've been making, we are here today to share our reactions to theories about and insights into. The nominations for the 96th Academy Awards, which were announced live on ABC bright and early this morning. I don't know about about you two. Did you actually did anyone actually get up when they aired? I, I, I just not. missed them like around like 545. And so I so I watched I watched the video of it and I didn't have to wait for that. There was that delay in the middle. So that was kind of nice to be able to just skip. Oh, right. So you could like skip past the, the, the yeah, the for like the commercial break. break. That wasn't really a commercial yeah. break. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, a a pundit break, kind of like or a commentary break. Um, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the people in the room needed a break. I'm like, yeah, why is this break happening? It's this is strange. Maybe <laughs> just to drag it out. Um, so yeah, I similar to you. So I said to myself, okay, we're on the West Coast. It's airing at 5:30 a.m. That's not usually a time I'm awake. And so I said, I'm not going to set an alarm, but I'll wake up whenever I wake up. And as soon as I wake up, I'll watch it. And then of course, because I'm a crazy person, my subconscious was like, hey, it's 535. You need to be awakened and watching the Oscar nominations right now. <laughs> so then uh, I basically, but no one else in my house was awake yet. And I didn't want to wake anyone up. And so I basically like was in bed lying prone trying to like play possum like i was still sleeping and then i had one earbud in and was watching on my phone um so as not to attract the attention of my cats which then then it's game over for everybody <laughs> basically um so that's that's how i i watched them but i could have i could have just waited it was probably fine Go ahead, Antonio. Sorry. sorry. Oh, I, I, the reason that I like watching them instead of just like looking at the list is because I like to hear the response, like the applause from the from the room, uh, and to see what they feel. I mean, they're inevitably most excited by like the more surprising picks, right? And so, so it's kind of right. fun to listen to that. Or they're clear anyway. favorites that people are that are rooting yeah. for and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, I agree. I was gonna make the joke. I also just missed it because I got up at eight thirty. Um, but that's 8.30 uh, LA time, not uh, East Coast time, which right. would have been when it actually started. Um, but I got to read the responses that uh, Jen and Greg did uh, and and see the sort of live live tw uh, text reaction 
and then uh, and then go look at the list of nominees and feel yeah. feel various feelings, various which we will we will unpack. So, did you read our chat text chain before you actually looked at who the nominees were? Yes, I I've I've I let you be my pundits that were and try to parse <laughs> what like. West meant, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, did Asteroid City get a screenplay? Uh, did he get best director? And then it was just like, "Oh, is this a short film?" Like, it's a short, a short film. film. And just Greg's just very excited because he loves Wes Anderson. As yes, we all. It, yeah, yeah, but him especially. All due respect, but yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was it's fun to parse and uh, just slam those tap back reactions in the in the thread to see see what comes up. Nice. All right, so I do want to kind of get into our overall impressions of these nominations. But first, PT, if folks think we are overdue for another listen, what can they do? Well, well, Jen, they can uh, feel free to uh, like uh, and and uh, subscribe and follow or do whatever it is they do on all the various places where they get their podcasts. Uh, we are available on any of their, uh, any, any podcast uh, provider, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, the, it's hosted on Jen's uh, Substack, which I feel like I keep forgetting to say uh, in these little intros, uh, the longtake.substack.com. Uh, they can also follow us on Instagram and threads at the long take review to get uh, updates on our activities. Thanks, PT. So we are going to go through, you know, standard issue snubs and surprises. That's you know, a very common thing for Oscars podcasts to do right after nominations come out and you know virtually every article you'll see has either the word snub and or surprise in it we will get there but I wanted to start with sort of like a broader bird's eye view of these nominations and so to you both what were the sort of bigger narratives coming out of today my big takeaway from looking at and I I, I will admit I have not dug into a lot of reaction or discourse. I didn't get to listen to any podcasts. I didn't really have time during the day to dig into reaction things. My, my reaction uh, from looking at the list was uh, Oppenheimer is going to be unstoppable. Like every place where there was a possibility for another movie to be the challenger, something faltered. Uh, you know, Poor Things was going to get two best supporting actors. It only got one. Uh, Holdovers is going to have Alexander Payne. He didn't get in as director. Killers of the Flower Moon was going to be the other historical epic. Didn't get into screenplay. So all of those movies had some letdown, had some sort of, you know, thing that said, oh, maybe this isn't the support. Whereas Oppenheimer got everything that it was expected to get. Feels like it has across the board support. I'm I'm feeling right now like this is just going to win 10 plus. This is going to be double digit wins for for that movie come March whenever the ceremony is. Uh I think I think it will it will be a big winner. Yeah, it does feel like it will be really hard to unseat its front runner status at this point. But we have let's not forget almost 2 months True. <laughs> until the actual Oscars. We got a lot of time. A lot of stuff can happen in that time. So but so it'll be interesting to see like if that's true even a month from now. Um but now it looks like it is. Uh, is the, so my true. question to you, PT, is is the only thing keeping Oppenheimer from a nomination sweep the fact that it didn't get the shortlist for VFX? Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess it would be 
it would be surprising if it didn't get visual effects if it had made the shortlist. Uh, I don't, I mean, you know, theoretically, couldn't it have gotten another Best Supporting Actor? Because uh, as we have said multiple times, it's a it's a cast of, of thousands. There, um, I'm looking through, yeah, I think that's right. I think below the lines, visual effects is the only thing Oppenheimer was eligible for and didn't get a number. I mean, okay. yeah, because there, there's no song, right? There's no... Oppenheimer. Like an anchor. Wow. Like... Uh, we don't know. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't make it. They didn't. Who's do that. the musical artist that's that's headlining that song? Uh, it's uh, it's Shirley Bassey. Uh, AI Shirley Bassey. They they brought her back um, because I think J Rob uh, J Rob loved her. So you know that's who that's who they wanted. All right, Antonio. What were the big stories for you coming out of this? I mean, I think like a lot of people, I was I was tracking how Barbie um did. You know, it's it's half of Barbenheimer and I and um and it was expected to to make out with a lot of nominations and and it did. It had a it had a solid number of nominations, but it missed some big categories, right? So no Greta Gerwig in director and no uh Margot Robbie in actress. Um which is I don't actually think is super surprising, even though like most award bodies have have offered it a lot of nominations. It hasn't picked up um a ton of actual awards except for whenever they were sort of like separate categories like the whatever the golden globe you know um box office event one that seemed like it was invented for that <laughs> and then uh you know com if, or if comedy gets gets put into right. a separate category um so you know so i think that was a a sort of larger narrative um you know part of now that i think that I think at this point everyone's seen it now that it's now that it's out on streaming and um I'm I'm hearing from a lot of people now who who are are saying like you know I was disappointed <laughs> um in in Barbie and um and I kind of I I I I get it post like all of the hype and 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 the giant box office um for that for that film but you know in now in the wake of now that we've finished with like nominations and we we see where everything sort of has landed um, I guess I'm 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 still a little surprised by by what people could have expected, <laughs> right? Um, from this from this film, I think I to me it's still just it delivered so much more than than anyone had any right to expect. Um, but to also think that it that it was going to be like like a best picture front runner, I don't know. Like it's it's uh, I never necessarily thought that that was going to be the case that that was its sort of grand ambition um in the first place and even though i'm not you know the biggest oppenheimer fan i always thought that it was as in terms of like this body that that that, that of course it was always going to play better um that that was going to play better than than this and and so i think that there's still a lot to be happy for for america fair which we'll talk about in a bit um but i think that's that's the sort of biggest story for me coming out of today yeah, and there's let me tell you, having popped in and out of the internet periodically throughout the day, so yeah. there's a lot of Barbie discourse, and I feel yeah. like, and I had texted this, I think at least to PT uh, off mic, but but I I'm kind of dreading two months of Barbie discourse. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I don't know because <laughs> I think maybe it was Greg on text message at some point today told me like, you know, the 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 point that people are making is already kind of stale, or it's like it, you know. 
and we're gonna have to hear it over and over again but yeah i think the thing is it's yeah it's not wrong so i think the main discourse that i've seen is the it's either a tweet or some sort of social media post where someone was like greta gerwig didn't get any best director nomination margot robbie didn't get best actress ryan gosling did get (laughs) best supporting actor isn't this just the plot of barbie Uh, and so i feel like that's just gonna be that you know and so and and i think once we start talking about individual categories those misses especially gerwig and and margot robbie the misses kind of make sense in the individual categories but then once you zoom out to this bird's eye view it's not a good look right because it's like well Mm -hmm. Weren't they the two arguably most responsible for the success of this movie? (laughs) Right. Um, It it is interesting that the sort of quirks of fate, the sort of dominoes falling, starting with uh, Warner brothers being like, tenant is going to be day and date on, on HBO max, like everything else leading to Nolan leaving to go to another studio, leaving to him saying, I'm calling my date and I won't move from it because you've cleared the schedule for me. And then Barbie being like, that's my day too. And him being like, I don't care. And it becoming this, you know, uh, I mean, sort of grassroots. I don't know. I, I mean, I think there were fa- the fans were flamed um, pretty, pretty actively by marketing teams and, and studio teams. But yeah, like, you know, the, as Antonio said, starting off, like it's, it's Barbenheimer, right? It's these two movies that are, uh, are linked together. And it feels like a lot of people, led a lot of people to forget or ignore that even good movies like Barbie, I don't mean like Barbie, just comedies uh, with like wacky stories and, uh, you know, unfortunately like female led stories frequently don't get a lot of nominations. So this was a lot of nominations for Barbie. That doesn't mean that people shouldn't be mad that Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie weren't nominated for, for those positions, even though, I agree that it's sort of defensible and it certainly could have been worse. I think America Ferreira is a really nice little fig leaf for the Academy to be like, huh? wait a minute. We didn't just nominate men, uh, which if it had just been Gosling and the screenplay, which has you know Noah Baumbach, uh, unnamed, Noah Baumbach's name on it as well, uh, yeah. that probably would have, you know, that would have gotten rough. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just not the kind of movie that gets a lot, for better or for worse, uh, it usually doesn't get a lot of traction. So the fact that it's solid middle of the pack in the in the top 10 is a, an accomplishment in its own right. That plus the, you know, $900 million. <laughs> Cue the Don Draper meme. That's what the money's for, right? <laughs> yes. Which I've heard other people reference. Um yeah, and I guess I guess this is as good a time as any to talk about this now. But if you know, I go back to my prediction rationale for director and actress. Director, I was like, okay, people are like assuming Gerwig is in here because she's been here before. But my point was, she was here before for Lady Bird, which is a very very different movie yeah. than Barbie, right? It's it's sort of like like by comparison an indie film and it's like a quirky coming of age story and whereas barbie is like this huge blockbuster juggernaut that came out in the summer based on a, a t- ip of a toy right <laughs> like um uh and so it's just i feel like that was the thing that people sort of lost sight of when they were kind of trying to predict who was going to be in best director um 
I was honestly, I was just happy that there was a woman in the best director lineup. Yeah. I am sad that Gerwig's not also in there, but but I was yeah, I was like, at least it's not the worst case scenario, <laughs> which a lot of people were predicting. Um, but to me, it made sense. To me, it made sense like that, considering the the history of the director's branch as being kind of like above average in their snootiness in terms of types of movies that that end up in getting nominations I, to me it, that's why i took her out of my predictions um sure. and then same thing with best actress i just felt like you know even though margot robbie is playing the central titular character of this movie that people weren't gonna appreciate or kind of notice how uh, complex her performance was because she was making it look so easy it was like it but but like you know, the more you think about her movement throughout the movie and the way she's speaking and like, you know, it's like if all the things people are saying about Emma Stone, I feel like you could easily also say about Margot Robbie in terms of the physicality of their performances. But one's a lot more noticeable than the other, I think. True. And technically, isn't Margot Robbie one of the names on the Best Picture nomination? Like, Correct. When, so she's, she's still one technically of the four people. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I will say, uh, I, I'm I'm still angry uh, in, in past anger about Greta Gerwig not being nominated for Little Women. So oh, yeah. right. that's frustrating that to then have that carry forward in the way that you know we is it going to take 20 years like Paul Giamatti in Sideways to get this get this rectified? Um, but you know, it's a, it's a lot easier for me to swallow the list. Um, that seems terrible. I, I, I'm in favor of all the people on that best director list um, to the point where it's like, oh, maybe I would take one of them out for Greta Gerwig, but like, I get it that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel exactly the same way about best actress, which we'll get to. Um, I do think of everything that you said, Jen, like I think from the beginning, since it came out, Margot Robbie's performance was really underrated and people were not, you know, not recognizing the degree of difficulty of what she was doing. Um, but again, like these are not movies that usually get best actress uh, or even best actor nominations, you know, sure. these sort of big budget comedies don't normally, don't normally get recognition. Uh, and I, in a way it makes sense that the, 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 the speech, um, the character who gave the big speech that made it seem like a serious movie got uh, an acting nomination. Right. Uh, and then the, the the biggest, uh, in a way, in a way, I don't know if he's the biggest star, but you know, the, the person who became the most sort of memed element of the movie got recognition in a supporting role, lead roles. I feel don't get, you know, it's harder to get comedy um, leading nominations, I think. Right. Through this, right. through this, this body as Antonio says. Yeah. I think actually, if you go rewind the tape, on our Barbenheimer review that we recorded over the summer. I think I'm saying, oh, don't assume Margot Robbie's getting in. I feel like this is the type of role that is not going to get acknowledged. I want to go back and check that, but I'm pretty sure I said something to that effect. Um, and I'm sad that it, re- it, it remained true. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where we are. But yeah. So do you feel like Barbie, cause it did get a lot of nominations but do you feel like these bigger misses are going to overshadow that's that narrative? You know what I mean? Like people are just going to focus on what it missed as opposed to the overall total. Uh, who, who do you mean by people? Like, like they, I don't norm- know, normies? 
or voters? Uh, I mean, I guess I was thinking about loud people on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> oh, for sure. Loud people on the internet will will uh, go to the grievances whenever they can. Right. 100%. But I wonder if it's going to galvanize voters to support below the line categories. Oh, yeah, I think talking- it can actually help with like screenplay, for example, like yeah. to, to pull mm-hmm. off that. But so maybe. So like kind of like I an mean, Argo situation? Possibly. Where- I mean, even if Barbie had been nominated in those two categories, they wouldn't have won, right? Um, so if it does help it to pull out, if, if it does help Greta Gerwig to ultimately get uh, an Oscar in screenplay, then uh, I don't know. We'll see. I was just going to explain because my Argo joke might not land with everybody who doesn't know what what, what, what happened. Uh, but basically, Ben Affleck, the director of Argo, which ended up winning Best, Pe- Best Picture the year that it was nominated, was snubbed for a director. And then people are, make the argument that that's what pushed it to win Best Picture because people were so up in arms that he missed director that they then shifted their votes to Argo for Best Picture. Yeah. I don't think that would happen for Best Picture, but I think it might get Barbie over the line for costumes, production design, right. some of those things that maybe more staid and traditional movies could get. Um, though, again, I think it's also possible Oppenheimer just wins all of those, uh, wipes it out like a model yeah. village, and just says, oh, these, are, <laughs> these are all mine now. Uh, love it. All right. Let's, I want to I want to start with the positive. I want to keep us in a happy place as long as possible. And then we can yeah. kind of air our grievances. So Antonio, which nomination made you the happiest? Like was like such a pleasant surprise? Uh, I think it's May, December in screenplay. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think that was a really difficult screenplay to pull off. Um, I, be- I believe we, we uh, Jen, I think you pointed out in the episode where we reviewed it, this was her first screenplay. Is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's just an incredible thing. And, and I, I thought it was a, a really great movie um, and often really great movies that are overlooked in other categories in the acting categories or in picture director. Uh, the writers will often often rally behind it. And um, and so I was happy to see it there. I don't think it was really expected. Um, and um, yeah, so so that one was probably made me the happiest. That was the most surprising that made me the happiest. How about you all? Well, I was just going to say that was May December's, I think, only nomination, right? Yep. And so yeah. it's it was like a bright spot after it's after there were zero acting nominations, which I sort of had braced myself for, even though I yeah. still I still had Charles Melton in supporting actor because I just refused yeah. to give up on that dream. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, just the fact that none of them, none of the three of them ended up with anything seems like un- like a travesty. Um, yeah, but at okay. least this, at least there was a screen bay. I feel like May December really benefited from Barbie moving from original to adapted. Mm. I think that cleared the runway. That's fair. Um, if Barbie's back in, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it gets in. Um, so I'm really, yeah. So like you, I'm really happy that it it did it did make it in because I'm like, well, at least the writers get it. <laughs> I, I I would love to think, showing my own biases, that. If Barbie was still an original, May December would also have gotten in, and it would have been another movie that um, yeah. wouldn't have made it. But yeah. yeah, I think that you're right. Just based on the the chatter and the hype, May December was much more on the cusp than yeah. 
certainly should have been. And if it's going to only get one nomination, I think screenplay makes a lot of sense. Like it was, it was really well written. No matter how upset the actors got about what it said, yeah. About and Sam, about Sammy acting. Birch had been doing a fair amount of campaigning too. Was like you know make being very visible. So I think that that probably also helped. Um, I have oh man, I just have, I have so many potential answers. There's just a lot to <laughs> like here. Um, it's hard for me to uh hone in on just one. I'm gonna stay above the line. I have so many below the lines that we'll get to later. I'm really glad that Mark Ruffalo got in in supporting actor. Uh, I really liked him in Poor Things. I, I have heard people that there's there's been some backlash on the performance that he's in a different movie. Um, I, I think the fact that he is so broadly uh, just just out there uh, in that in that movie works wonderfully. I don't know how well the movie functions without him at that sort of sort of level and at that tone uh and uh just uh just so much joy so much joy from that performance uh so i i love willem dafoe i thought willem dafoe had a lot of heart in that movie uh he had the makeup as well so i was ready for him to get it like willem dafoe another uh low low key um you know we're we're waiting he's overdue uh person but uh i'm really glad i'm really glad ruffalo's in there no one has sniveled any better in a movie it's true great. uh yeah i was also pleasantly surprised by that i think i was i had predicted willem dafoe getting him in over him because he had missed both sag ruffalo had missed both sag and bafta and so i was like oh he's done uh and so i was that i was like oh he did it <laughs> he's back in um I, I think i wrote in my predictions piece that there's only room for one chauvinist fool in this category <laughs> and so i'm glad that wasn't true i'm glad right. that that his performance uh could get acknowledged i i do like your point about how the balance that he brings to the film and i also would add that like i feel like the the arc of the main character bella played by emma stone i feel like only progresses because he's there you know what mm-hmm. i mean like he's the catalyst for so much of her sort of awakening and epiphanies and and whatnot and so and then and then his reaction his like like his reaction to everything she's doing i feel like propels the narrative in a way that really works well what about you jen what was your favorite surprise my favorite surprise and i can't believe i'm saying this because i really do i i would be perfectly happy with christopher nolan winning best director but justine trier campaign starts now we gotta do it (laughs) we gotta make this happen (laughs) all right yeah um I was so happy she got in. I was put, predicting predicting her against the odds a little bit. Like I think I, you know, it's not like I was the only one predicting her to get in, but I was kind of on the sort of Ruben Oslin Island from last year where like not that many people were predicting it. And then it happened and we're like, see, look. Um, and so I'm, I'm really glad I managed to figure that out. And just anatomy of fall has been just like surging like crazy, um, yeah. especially during voting. And so so the the fact that she actually made it in when like everyone was like no women are making it in it's going to be a sad day for directors everywhere uh. <laughs> right um uh and i'm just excited to to see her kind of like talking about the movie more cuz every time i've heard her in an interview or in an acceptance speech i've been like yes t- tell me more tell me more about the <laughs> about your thoughts yeah. about this um so i'm looking forward to more of that uh, and and anatomy fall really is a brilliant movie and it's 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 only as complex as sort of all the pieces puzzle pieces in it put together. So 
I was that was the that I I think I, because I was trying to pretend like I was asleep still. It really was like I silent screamed into my pillow. That was the one <laughs> when when they announced her name. I was just like, ah! like but trying not like just like yeah. I had to like put my face in my pillow and be like, oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, that was that was I was really excited, and that was that was thirty percent. I can't believe I predicted this correctly, and then. <laughs> 70 percent. i'm so happy that you made it in maybe maybe a little a little more than that but um but, you know, like that, that, i can't help i'm human i can't help it that, that i like being right yeah take 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 the wins get that bag uh you, you deserve you deserve it uh i i love it i and you know i i feel bad because I love Greta Gerwig and and I love Barbie, but I am if I if if I was given the choice, I would have put it Justine Trier in instead. Um, yeah. not, of course, yeah. it does not have to be uh, only one slot for a woman. So it could have been, as we had said at some point, uh, it could have been three women uh, in yeah. here, probably just as easily. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I think that's really good. I'm I'm a little worried that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if this will actually filter out into the like yeah, the real world. I feel so bad because I really think that Jen thinks we're making fun of her or I'm making fun of her when I say normies. Um, but it really is like the proper term for who I'm thinking of. But, you know, like the the little people, the regular people, the people who don't obsess about this and watch all these movies and are just sort of like, what's nominated for an Oscar now? Um, that if Anatomy of a Fall, presumably at some point will hit, I, I think, Max. Uh, and they're just like, oh, this is the movie that got in instead of Barbie? Okay, I'll watch it. That the people who love Barbie will be like, what the hell is this? Like, what's that? I don't care about this. Uh, and it's because it's just a whole different vibe. It's just a different mm-hmm. thing. It is. And, you know, there's people who, like, they only watch, like, a handful of movies every year. And they had a killer time at Barbie. And they probably enjoyed Oppenheimer. Uh, and they and they gathered around with the family and watched the holdovers and they enjoyed that too. And they're going to watch Anatomy of a Fall and be like, oh, my God. Uh, what's happening in this French court? This is wild. Uh, and and I think that, you know, it. I, I wonder if they're, and again, this probably won't matter for like the voting, but I wonder if in the public sentiment, the, the online sphere and in the, the uh, water cooler talk to the degree that the water cooler still exists, there's going to be some, and then we have a fall backlash because it's the not Barbie of like, right. this is the one that got actress and director. Oh, you think it could of, become like the villain? Yes. The villain movie? Oh, I don't want that. I don't want that either. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I feel like that's possible. I feel like it's possible. Right. I, luckily, luckily, I think Maestro will comfortably stay in the villain role <laughs> and everyone will just well, sort of be like, oh, that's fine. We'll, we'll do our best today. <laughs> <laughs> well, the I mean, Maestro, here. Maestro did just get like an absurd number of nominations. Like, it certainly was absurd. I mean, I will, we'll talk about it. We're, we're, we'll yeah, get we to will, the categories. Uh, the last thing about um, just Justine Trey, because I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to say this otherwise. Real loser of today, the country of France. Oh because oh, yeah. <laughs> what an L. What a, what a self-own. Yeah. I feel like I've explained this context on previous episodes, but just to catch everybody up in case you're like really confused by me saying that. So the story, the scandalous story of Anatomy of a Fall and France is that Anatomy of a Fall wins the Palme d'Or at Cannes, you know, the big, the French Oscars, essentially. And then Justine Trier gives some kind of speech that is political, speaking out against the French government. We could go into more details, but I don't think I need to. And then France says, oh, guess what? We're not picking your movie. 
to be our official selection for the Oscars. And I, I want to say, I think it was IndieWire. Oh, no. It was, maybe it was either Little Go Men or IndieWire Screen Talk. One of the, you know, gold standard po- podcasts I listen to that has reporters that are sort of like on the ground in the trenches talking to people in the Academy was saying that people were so mad that France chose the taste of things, which to my understanding is a, is also a great movie, but it's just like a warm, fuzzy, isn't French cooking. Wonderful. Like very more like conservative, safe pick for, for a, for a country like France. And apparently voters were actively not choosing the taste of things because they were upset about an out of fall. Interesting. Yeah. And it did not get nominated. The taste of things. Yeah. So, so now Anatomy of a Fall could be that movie because uh, someone chose Barbie. Uh, oh, someone chose it over Barbie. So right. now it's just the cycle of life. All right. Know. I'm making that up. I don't know if that's so, true. <laughs> that, that may not happen. The taste of things. Uh, and any happen. other pleasant surprises you want to give a shout out to? I think those were all good ones. I mean, I mean America- I, go, go ahead. Yeah. No, please. America Ferreira. Go say it. America Ferreira. I mean, I mean it, was, it, was a, it was not certain that she was going to get into the supporting actress um, category. And, you know, we've talked about her before. She's a joy in everything she's been in on on uh, small screens and big screens. And she gave a killer Critics' Choice Award speech. And um, she's just a likable, smart, um, just incredible actress and um, and and really helped to make the 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 third act of that of Barbie really sing. Um, and so I was, I was thrilled uh, to see her nominated um, today. I, I I was also surprised, especially in light of director and actor and actress. Like that's, yeah. it's sort of like, oh, wow. Oh, oh okay. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, I think it speaks to the, the um, power that speech had. I mean, that was her big scene and everyone yeah. really liked that speech and I, I, you know, we we were talking about this. This might have been a, a Greg insight, um, and I, so I want to half give him credit, um, or or at least uh, temporary credit. He's uh, not here. It's it's like a probationary credit. What's the a provisional credit? Uh, sorry, I, New Hampshire primary on my mind. Maybe that uh, the you know that like it, well they'll, they'll give the screenwriting like they'll give the screenplay. Someone wrote the speech. They like the writing of the speech. But I think you know. I it obviously went beyond that. It was the performance as well, uh, and and again, just how 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 likable America Fur is. Uh, before recording, I just finished watching Dumb Money that just landed on Netflix, uh, and she's one of the many supporting characters in that, and you know, only has like a handful of scenes and is just killing it like she always does. So uh, I agree that that's uh, that, that was a wonderful little little surprise. I'll, I'll throw, since we'll, I'll, we'll stay above the line, I'll, I'll throw Sterling K. Brown. I feel like that had felt like it was going to happen, like that was moving more towards it. But there were like eight or nine people that felt like they were jostling in supporting actor. So the fact that Sterling K. Brown got in and the fact that De Niro got in when Killers of the Flower Moon had some uh, had some you know, fading a little bit, Leo's out, screenplay out. Um, but, you know, Check the transcript. You can go back to the to the episode. Uh, I was I was saying like even more than Leo. I was like De Niro is doing incredible, uh, incredible work here. Uh, way more than I would have expected. I'm um, I'm very glad that um, he made it in, uh, and he he can sit there and lose, um, which is what's going to happen. But that's okay. Uh, it's it, it's another another nomination, and I, I thought it was well well earned. 
I was really surprised. I didn't think she could make it in. I had sort of talked to myself into the narrative PT just said of like, you know, the the speech gets the screenplay notice and not her necessarily. She's just a she's just a vessel to deliver that that speech. I had sort of I had the whole thing planned out in my head and it made sense. But in retrospect, I really should have seen the signs because one, there was that Critics' Choice thing, which actually was not a voted on award. It was like a specific award they created for her essentially to right. get. Right. Um, hmm. So that should have been number one, like red flag of like, oh, wait, this campaign is just kicked into high gear. Um, and then the other thing was there were several screenings that they started hosting to sort of boost her campaign. So the big one was JLo hosted a screening, a private, like a, I don't know whether to call these private screenings. I guess they basically, they basically are private unless you're like a famous person right like that, but that she ho she like hosted a screening specifically and then clayton davis who you know if you saw the broadcast of the nomination this morning he's this the variety um pundit that is like the talking head on abc every time they do something oscar related and so he was the person doing the q a with america Ferrera after the screening at this j-lo thing so you know there were effort Efforts were made and they panned out and she's also deserving. I, I, you know, I, I don't, yeah. I don't begrudge it at all, but I, that I really should have seen, Oh, this is the last minute during voting push that got her in. Cause there's always one of those. I had incorrectly flagged. Uh, I had Anjanu Ellis getting into yeah. origin because she had sort of this like last minute Francis Fisher esque. Or I think Frances Fisher actually was involved. She uh, was, that, like, yeah. The, like Andrew, yeah, like mm -hmm. Andrea Riseborough, where it was like suddenly shares tweeting about origin. And it's like, what is happening right now? Uh, <laughs> and so, so that's what I thought was going to be the last minute surprise. Cause there's usually always one thing like that, where there a last minute campaign push during voting makes a big difference and people don't see it coming, but it actually was America for her. I, I do feel like, the maybe and obviously it's a sort of after after the voting fact uh, i feel like the fact that the last week i was seeing a lot of cultural critics uh and some movie critics saying like oh yeah i saw origin it's not very good or it's kind of messy uh may have been a drawback to right. the, la the the origin uh the origin push um but but jen hearing you talk about that like that push to get america ferrera and the sort of steps along the way is she actually a threat to to Devine Joy Randolph now? Is, right. th is that where the Barbie energy, like instead of mm. okay, Ryan Gosling, uh, I don't know, oh, a screenplay, like that's you know that's probably going to Nolan. Like I don't, uh, I don't know. Like is that where the Barbie love is directed? Is that right. the we we give the award to the woman who is nominated to make up for Greta and Margot, and then suddenly the person who seemed preordained is on their back heels and is like, wait a minute, yeah. what, what? Uh, and you know, that, that feels like a potential arc to me. Yeah. I can see it. And I do feel like her biggest hurdle was getting the nomination. And so now that she's in, just think about it. How many times are we going to see that monologue as a clip on various things? Right. It's going to be everywhere. I, I don't see any of the non Devine Joy Randolph people nominated who I would put above her. I mean, in terms of likelihood of winning, not necessarily performance. Uh, I agree with that. That like, yeah. you know, those other three, it's just like, pleasure to be nominated. Put it, put a new line in yeah. my Wikipedia page. Like how nice. And, uh, and that's, and that's that. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's I hadn't thought about that until you started sort of if, if that momentum continues and people keep trying to do that. Right. Why not? Like and, I didn't and the even holdovers the, doesn't the feel Kevin so Costner. Now. I didn't even oh, yeah. include the Kevin Costner debacle. That could have easily helped her, right? To be like, oh, poor Fer- America Ferrera. She's up there just trying to get through this pre- pre- award presentation, and and Kevin Costner's doing his best to derail it. So you know, and, and and actually, if you think about it, their bit was about her monologue. Yeah, it's true. So whoever to, to orchestrated degree, that, good job. Like to the degree it was about anything in the end, uh, it was it was nominally about her monologue. Um, Jen, before we move on, can can we just do a rapid fire? And by that, I mean, I just list things uh, of uh, below the line happiness, like just yes. positives below yeah, the yep, line. Yep. Uh, uh, look, Nimona, animated feature. Uh, you, 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 again, people, longtime listeners or or you know, folks who have the need to go back from this point, they work backwards, can trace the number of times that Jen was like, I think you'd like Nimona. And I was like, I'm not watching that. And then I watched Nimona and it was incredible. And I'm really glad that it was- it. I did watch it. It was great. You didn't tell it. me. Well, I put it on Letterbox, Jen. I thought you would have seen that. Oh, I haven't um, checked Letterboxd you know, we, all week. We have been plugging Letterbox on the show now. We have, we have. We have, we have a hashtag. Or we have a tag. Anyway, uh, yeah, Nimona. I loved it. Uh, I, you know, I look forward to it being a distant third place um, to uh, to the two you know superior movies, but that's fine. Uh, where else um, I will note... Uh, I mean, I don't know if I, I love mean, it, but Napoleon getting a couple of nominations was crazy. Um, okay. That, that certainly happened. I'm going to stop you for a second. We can't, we can't let this happen. Okay. So <laughs> we're living in a world, just to be clear, where Napoleon, a movie none of us liked. Actually, I can't speak Correct. for Antonio. Well, I didn't see I'll, it. I'm not going to see it, but go on. <laughs> okay. If you go back and listen to our review of Napoleon, we're not nice. And we're usually very nice. We were not we were not nice to Napoleon. And I mean, we were having fun talking about Napoleon, but we were, we were not particularly kind to it. We are living in a world where Napoleon got more nominations than past lives. A best picture nominee. Yeah. Is that Napoleon true? Got, Didn't it get this Napoleon three? got three nominations. Oh, my past God. Lives only got two. That is the world we're living in, people. It makes no sense. Wow. Wow. So. I mean, I, I was trying to keep the positive momentum. Sorry, uh, sorry. You, you had to bring up Napoleon, and I'm like, I can't, I, I can't let this stand. Well, I thought <laughs> it only had two, and I thought that was funny that it had two, but now that I know it has three. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Real quick, um, uh, Godzilla minus one in best visual effects, obviously. Uh, I love that. I love that for for Godzilla. Um, and and I don't I don't want to phrase it exactly this way, but I'm glad Jen was wrong. Uh, I think Jen was correct in thinking that was not going to happen. That, you know, that was just uh, uh, wish casting or, or, or hope dicting, I believe, is the uh, is the term that, that you use. But I, I'm, I'm glad we hoped it into into being um, best uh, original score to John Williams for Indiana Jones. I, I'm I'm sure Antonio's like, who cares? Um, I don't know. Maybe Antonio liked uh, Indiana Jones. But, you know, good. Greg, Greg is somewhere crumpling his fedora in anger. <laughs> um. Right. Uh, just crumpling his fedora and, and, and rewinding Saltburn again. Saying, like, start from the <laughs> beginning. Wow. Uh, that's like Saltburn. <laughs> Here we go. 
We gotta do it in his we, honor. He's gonna listen. He's gonna be like one of four people listening to this later. So can we use? Can we also now also use the Indiana Jones music randomly if Greg ever says anything positive about Saltburn? Like just because <laughs> uh, be, because of the weird line that's drawn there, where he's just like, I don't know. I just think Rosamund Pike could have been nominated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, last thing I'll say is uh, a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon, getting in best original song. I didn't think yeah. that would happen, but I think that was great. That really I threw really me for that. a loop. Sorry, Lenny Kravitz. Um, it, yeah. Uh, so many people had convinced me that, oh, Coleman Domingo can get in for actor, but only if Lenny Kravitz gets in for song for Rustin. Like, they have to be a pair of nominations. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that makes sense. Okay, I'll do that. And then I was just like, what was I thinking? Um, (laughs) I I mean, it's also strange that there's an American Symphony original song nomination, but American Symphony didn't get into documentary. Yeah. Well, that makes Uh, sense because that's a voter. That's voters being like, oh, we already gave it something. Yeah. In the other category. So it doesn't need to be here. I think that's that's what it feels like to me. That's fair. I'm just realizing that we did not. And Greg's going to kill us if we don't mention the Mission Impossible got two Oscar nominations. It's the first time for the franchise. And the creator got two nominations, which were both really, really fun surprises. I was so confused. Visual effects, yep. I was like, what is happening right now? I only The only thing I predicted, I think, that got in in that category was, was Guardians of the Galaxy. And then everything else was just wild yeah, and fun picks. So, and Napoleon. And Napoleon, less fun. But... Uh, <laughs> Good and, oh, wait, we didn't actually tell this story about how you had to talk me down from picking Napoleon and then it ended up being right. Oh, this is ridiculous. Okay, so so what happened with Napoleon was in my like, you know, you know the the meme of Charlie Day with the um the map, the conspiracy map. Yeah, so Pepe, that's me. whatever it that was. was that yeah. was me yesterday. And so I'm trying to work my way through all my predictions. And, you know, I wrote these articles explaining my ration- rationale. It really was just for me because I was like, this is the only way I can like sort this out is by writing about it. Um, and, and I'm like, well, I might as well have other people read it if they want to, I guess. Um, but what happened was I had this epiphany where I was like, wait, I have Napoleon in visual effects, in sound, in production design and in costume. And I was like. Is it Napoleon getting into Best Picture? And I had a total meltdown. And so I, I, I texted this to PT and Greg, and they were like, "Okay, Jen, it's okay. Like, it's not. Uh, it probably is just getting into costume." And so I switched my predictions, and lo and behold, Napoleon gets nominated in three categories. So I was like, I should. I was honest, but not Best Picture, but not Best, but not picture, best picture. Thankfully, yeah. You were yes, you were onto something. I, I think you also were very pleasant uh, in in the way you summarized it. I think that you said, "Is Napoleon getting in Best Picture?" And I wrote back, "No," and that was it. And I didn't say anything. <laughs> right, um, you were but just yeah, like, you I, wouldn't you wouldn't even entertain the possibility. No, it's like I mean, and and you know, I uh, uh, I, I had it in our draft. I I, I want I want to push did. for Napoleon. I'm still hoping the extended cut is is. Uh, somehow a, a secret masterpiece if and when it ever comes out um but uh but yeah it, it, it overperformed it did good so that's you know yeah you were you were more right than wrong and i was more wrong than right this is not surprising i can't me. take credit for it though because it, it you know you're only you're only as right as your final decision all right a- antonio where do we go next 
Um, well, I mean, we've, we've covered the good news. I think we should go to the bad news, maybe yeah. the categories most disappointed in. Can I start with this one? Because um, yes. the so as much as I like the particular actors and the bodies of work of like all the people in the supporting actor category, um, a lot of young actors, we, we already mentioned Charles Melton, but it's not just Charles Melton in May, December. It's um, Dominic Sessa in The Holdovers and Paul Mescal um, and All of Us Strangers. John Agaro is a little older. I think he's like closer to our age, but um, but he was another actor that I really liked a lot. Um, so this was the category that um, where it where my personal favorites were were like least represented. Like the only one that um, even though most of these people seem sort of inevitable or close to the uh, to a nomination, like Ryan Gosling was the only one who was in my personal, and Ryan Gosling was at the bottom of that of that top five. Um, so, so I was, I was a little disappointed that there weren't more, uh, though, again, it's a sort of, it's a, it's, it's, you know, this is a killer list of, of actors. I will say this, like, uh, I, I love American fiction and I love the actor Sterling K. Brown. I didn't, that's not my favorite character, <laughs> um, that, that he's ever get uh, to me that, that character was a little bit underwritten and I, I. I, that didn't that performance didn't work for me as well as it did for 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 PT and, and Greg. I know that you two really like uh, love them in, in particular. Um, De Niro and Downey Jr. They're great actors, but um, uh, I don't know because they're sort of like playing variations of characters that I've that I've sort of seen them play before, right? I um, I don't know. I don't know if it's fair to sort of discount that, but maybe that's part of what's sort of exciting about these these sort of younger crop is that. Um, is you know this the sense of discovery of like a Dominic Sessa right like this actor at this um, this um, you know this new person that to, uh, and and this new character that I haven't seen before but that was that was what I was disappointed in but I wasn't surprised uh, to be disappointed right. in this particular category how about you all yeah and you're I mean you're just kind of describing a general problem the Oscars has where it's always yeah. gonna usually favors veteran actors previous nominees people who have like been around forever and are due as opposed to up and comers. I mean, the BAFTA has a nice workaround for this because they have their rising star award. And I feel like if the Oscars had something, imagine, I feel like you just described if the Oscars invented a category of like, you know, best, you know, first time actor or rising star or whatever you want to call it. A lot of people you just mentioned would be like, can you imagine a whole category? That's just Charles Melton, Dominic Sessa, Right, like I, I don't. That seems it, Milo from Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Snoop from Anatomy of a Fall. Snoop. I was gonna say that, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's going too far. We need another <laughs> another separate category for it, best right. animal performance, so Snoop can, Pom, can get it. Uh, I, I I agree, and I mean that's that is a super fun category, and I'm glad it exists. I would definitely be into the idea of maybe figuring out, although. Paul Mescal would probably wouldn't be eligible because he's already been nominated yeah. for Best Actor. Right. So it gets a little sort of is it is it just age based or or is it like this was their breakout performance? Who judges that? Right. I'll just note though that I'm looking over at supporting actress, and it just feels like supporting actor if, from what Antonio's perspective, it's just that the balance was thrown off because we had you know again it's like who's the who's the young up and comer in supporting actor? Is it is it Sterling K Brown? I think age-wise, it's actually Ryan Gosling, but like he's been around forever. Right. So, you know, it's weird to think that like there's, you know, usually there's like a couple of the young new people and a couple of the wily veterans who are either, you know, back or, 
you know, finally getting their their due. And that's sort of what supporting actress looks like. We have, uh, you know, Jodie Foster and Emily Blunt kind of feel obviously Jodie Foster, a former winner, Emily Blunt, I believe a former nominee. Has she been nominated before? First time nominee. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, like it doesn't, you know, she's a star and it's like, this is a star in a, in a, in a, in a supporting performance people like, but Danielle Brooks, like, Feels like a, you know, feels like a Charles Melton feel, you know, has been on a TV show, uh, has been, you know, building a rep and then suddenly people are into it. Same with Dave, I enjoy Randolph, like has, uh, has this energy and, and America Ferrera. Like we have three of those mm. over in supporting actress. It's just that when the, when things shook out of that, like really strong top eight or nine, it was Willem Dafoe and, and the kids got left out uh, on the supporting actor side. So I, you know, I, I I'm feel stronger or more positively about the people who got in the supporting actor, but I totally hear what Antonio is saying that it is sort of a, Oh, in the same way that like, Oh yeah. Like I love all these directors that got nominated, but like, I really, it would have been cool if it was the three of the women got in instead of just one of them. But like, I don't really know who I want to take out. But it also kind of would have been fine if any of those other people got taken out yeah. just, you know, to to keep it interesting and keep it a little balanced. Well, I think there's a little bit of gender bias in what you're describing with supporting actor and actress Fair. because it's like the ingenue factor. Like we're with actresses, we're much more likely to reward like a young ingenue, whereas like we don't really do that for male actors. So, again, problems cropping up all over the place. Hey, what, what, be a the spend a lot of time. what a great thing to spend a lot of time thinking about and talking about. Right. It's just constantly problematic in various different ways. Uh, um, all right. So we're, wait, we're talking about, oh, wait, let me, let me quickly put my bid in for why it's cool that, that um, Sterling K. Brown is in here. Cause I, I wasn't really like, I didn't necessarily have it on my radar before SAG. Cause that was the, that was the first time where, when he got in SAG and I was like, oh, this and people were like that's just a sag thing it's not going to translate to oscar but i was like it could um and i feel like because i saw american fiction pretty recently i agree with antonio that his role is underwritten in the sense that like he's just not very he's like not in that much of the story he kind of like pops in and out in a way that i feel like probably i could i could easily argue doesn't add up to enough to really be a nomination worthy but if you think about his role in the story as a whole and kind of like the energy that he brings especially opposite jeffrey wright i feel like the scenes where he's opposite jeffrey wright are my favorite um not only because they're so funny playing off each other but because they're so their characters are so different and there's towards the end of that film there's like a couple of key lines that sterling k brown's character has that really kind of like cinches the family drama in a way that I really like. So that's that's why I'm like I'm like happy and fine with him getting in. I, I I'm with you. I, I actually think that what Antonio is saying is why and again this is somewhat of the dividing line maybe between the approaches of people on this podcast. I I wasn't necessarily like the mathematics of who's gonna get in and all that, but I was like, you know what? I, maybe I would be okay if American fiction doesn't get adapted screenplay as a nomination. Like I'm glad it did. I liked it. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, the things I'm bumping up against in my memory of the movie, which I liked a lot. It was in my top 10 so of the year. So, so you know, I'm not denigrating it. But 
the things that I bumped up against were in the writing. And so I think the idea of his character is a little underwritten. I don't think that's wrong. I think Sterling K. Brown, like, like Jen was sort of saying, like elevated it. I'll just add to everything that Jen said. I thought he nailed every comedy beat. Like there were a lot of so sides and, and uh, you know, just, just like, you know, funny reactions uh, and yeah, all of that. Like, I, I think that, you know, there, there was a lot of comedy in the movie. There was much less comedy on the family side of what unfolds. And he provided a lot of the punchlines and, mm. you know, I thought nailed it without coming across like he was, cheapening himself or or his character um even if the character maybe was like two and a half dimensional instead of three uh i think that you know he he was doing the best work that he that he could with it um speaking of doing the best work you can with a screenplay that i didn't particularly care for i'm gonna i'm gonna take uh take the reins uh and just look at best actress i won't say i'm disappointed in best actress um i'm just really disappointed in any of the categories to the degree that maybe antonio was but to me, there's two people left out and there's two people left in who I, I could easily swap. And I think this is the only category where I just feel like, yeah, just one-to-one, let's go. And like, this would be my favorite category. Um, and all due respect to uh, the good people uh, at Netflix who uh, have been campaigning both Nyad and Maestro uh, for getting uh, Annette Benning. Oh, you don't I even want Carrie Mulligan in there? As a wonderful, wait a minute. Uh, I don't want Carrie Mulligan in. Uh, it's not that I don't want Carrie Mulligan in. It's that I, if Carrie Mulligan were out and Greta Lee and Margot Robbie were in, this would be an impeccable category in my mind. Mm. Uh, you okay. know, if if you know one of them replaced Annette Benning, then it would be fine. It would be very good. I would like it a lot. And hey, Carrie Mulligan hey. excellent. I know. I love Annette no, Benning, and I want I want her to win. I get it. Uh, I, get I it. want her to get. Uh, you know, but like, I you know, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but I want her to win in her life. I want her to win. You, you, Jen, are you, is this your stance? You're just anti Annette Benning? Be like, give I'm her not a career, anti Annette Benning. Give her I'm a anti, posthumous career Oscar. I'm anti so Annette Benning. I'm anti Annette Benning in Nyad. Okay. Let's just have. Let's just. She can get the next one. It's fine. It's too like, chapped. She's too sunburnt. We're not, not going to relitigate. She just want her to sit in a room and die. <laughs> I didn't uh, say that, listeners. Uh, I did not wish anything <laughs> ill on that right. ending. That's fine. It's on I the just, record. Uh, yeah. Heard I just, an honorary Oscar and then dig up the grave and take it out of her dead hands. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna put Anto- I'm gonna put Antonio. I'm gonna put Antonio on the spot. Oh no! If you, Go if ahead. someone, if a magical Oscars fairy came to you and said. Oh. Would you like Greta Lee in instead of Annette Benning? I can make that happen. What do you say? I say okay. For Greta Lee, I say okay. For Margot Robbie, go. I say I say no. But for Greta no, Lee, I say okay. What, I say what okay. if? Okay, that. wait. Not take away the brick. Now, what if? Uh, <laughs> what if she offers then a Carrie Mulligan Margot Robbie switch? Where Where are you then? Uh, I will switch off with uh, Margot Robbie for for Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, and I oh. love Carrie Mulligan. I love Carrie Mulligan, the actress, but I, I'm I'm not I'm not a big maestro um, person, and um, we'll we'll probably get into. I mean, I guess we can get into it now, but but for that category in particular, I mean, I the the other the others in the in the category I think are terrific, right? Lily Gladstone, Sandra. I was I, Sandra Hill. I wasn't quite sure. I was I was a little worried that she she could maybe get left out. Um, yeah. So I was thrilled 
um, to see her. That was like, I, I, I didn't, I, I don't know if that counts as a surprise because of how the general strength of anatomy of a fall. Right. Um, I think it's more yeah. of a relief. I was relieved that she's relieved. made it. I think that's right. I think yeah. that's right. I like best relief as a category, like as a, a response <laughs> reaction category. It's like, yeah. you know, like happiest surprise, worst snub, best relief. Yeah, that was past lives and best picture for yep. me. Best relief. Because at that point, it had only gotten two nominations. And I was like, this is dangerous. This is yeah. really dicey. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, fine. okay, at least we have that. I'm uh, if, if, we're, if we're now pivoting to doing best, best relief, I... Uh, I mean, a little bit Godzilla minus one, but I think that's more of a surprise. No, because that was a that pipe dream. Let's be let's that, be clear. That was a pipe dream, and then you were playing. That's that's in the happy surprise. To, to quote uh, a person who should have been a best supporting actor nominee a few years ago, Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. Uh, so we, <laughs> uh, I thought he was really good in Uncut Gems. I think for me, uh, it's it's Marty, it's Scorsese making it director still. Like, I mean, I didn't think he was actually going to get swapped out, but Killers was kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, you're kind of fading away. And so the fact that he's still holding on there, even though I recognize it is at the expense of uh, Celine Song and Greta Gerwig, I mean, who I'm assuming are six and seven in the, uh, you know, uh, on the list. I do feel um, like- I'm glad he's there. I do feel like- Killers missing screenplay, which I know you have feelings about. I know, like, uh, Killers missing screenplay. I was like, whoa, Killers is like out of the game. This is huge. But then when the nomination totals came out, because I wasn't really counting at the time, remember, I was was pretending to be asleep. And when the nomination totals came out, it still got 10 nominations. So I was like, oh. if, If you're horizontal, you can't count. Like, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm pretending to be asleep. Most of my fingers I mean, and toes are under a blanket. I didn't have any way of recording, recording the tally, you know? Right. That's fair. No, I know. Um, but yeah, so so it's interesting because I feel like on the one hand, you could argue that Killers of the Flower Moon underperformed. But then on the other hand, yeah. it's still got 10 nominations, but so did The Irishman is kind of the counter-counter oh. argument to that. Wow. So, yeah. you know. Uh, but... But yeah, I was also relieved that that Scorsese still stayed in. So like, because I feel like, <laughs> so there, um, there's a uh, Oscar pundit, Sophia Simonello. She's on Oscar Wilde is her own podcast. Uh, she's also on frequently on Awards Watch, <laughs> and she said, "I I think of Scorsese as my grandpa, and so I'm worried for him." And so like, like her 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 plea for like i really hope people don't forget about him and that he, and just or just assume that he's safe was really was really endearing and i i was like oh i i this is how i feel also that is that is nice i i i will say i feel like i've been seeing a lot of marty clips both the sort of like very like serious thinking about the reflecting of film you know going from like clearly filmed in the early 80s up to now and then also his like jokier ones where he's just like i don't read email like i don't know i only started uh but that might just be my instagram algorithm that yeah. like knows i watch them and so it just keeps feeding me marty um yeah. but it seems like he's out there i don't know um i i, I will note like you know I, I was just doing a quick look here as you said the irishman you know to think back of his last decade uh or the the most recent decade hopefully not his last decade um you know wolf of wall street got five nominations silence only got one so um and and then Irishman and now Killers both got ten. I mean he's 
he's what a strong collection of movies. Like it's crazy. He's really having a good run. A legend. Uh, a legend. So I think we're we're back on things we were mad about, right? Or categories <laughs> yes. we were most disappointed in. Sorry. Can can I go to sort of change please things do. up? Yeah, please. I am the most upset about score. Yeah. So mad about score. So here's why. My predictions included both Across the Spider-Verse and The Boy and the Heron. They're both fantastic scores. They're beautiful. They really elevate the movies that they're a part of. But I was like, at the time, I was like, oh, it's kind of silly of me to think that not one, but two animated movies could make it in this category. And then neither of them did. And I was like, apparently I was doubly foolish <laughs> for hoping this. And it really was the one one dark spot on my predictions where I I kind of knew that I was hope dicting and I couldn't stop myself anyway. But I, I kind of thought that Daniel Pemberton for Spider-Verse was was a good, a, I don't want to say safe bet, but like a, a good, had a good chance. Boy and the Heron was much more of like a reach. But then for both of them to miss, I was just like, what are we doing? Jen, what two scores would you swap out to to oh, get those two in? I mean, oh, that's hard. I mean, I really like American Fiction as a film, but I don't really remember what the score is like. I definitely don't so remember I feel like the score. That's yeah. the random one where I was like, why is that here? That seems weird. Which I think just speaks to, I would actually say American Fiction on the today also overperformed. Yes. I think there's a bit just like general love for that movie. Um, so that's part, probably partly why Sterling K. Brown pushes over the edge, makes it in, and then it shows up. Anytime a movie shows up in a category, people are like scratching their heads like, you know, this movie was great, but why is it here in this category? That's usually a sign that just people in general love the movie. So I'm good for good for American fiction, bad for <laughs> Joe. He see she <laughs> like, it's like uh, um, so I take that one out and then. I guess, I mean, I don't want to say poor things. Killers oh. of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, oh, Killers of the- poor things, oh, and then Indiana Jones. Oh, well, I don't want Greg to hate me, so I can't I can't continue answering this question. Um. <laughs> I have no further comments at this time. Yes. <laughs> All I'll say is... <laughs> John Williams is 54 nominations. I think we got him covered. So You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's not like Dial of Destiny had a great score. I was particularly the the Helena theme. I really like. Like it's you know. I agree, uh, Jen. I want to ask you. I mean, Antonio, you could also answer, but because I feel Jen always has to. Has to be the one asking the questions. questions. Are are were there any other sort of big uh, snubs, uh, things that you were that got you upset that they were included, or things that really got you upset that were excluded that we have not touched upon yet? Hmm. I mean, honestly, I think Killers of Our Moon missing screenplay was the most noticeable miss. Even the most over significant. Leo. Is that is that just because of I mean, our I, conversation? I, had, I was saying, I've been saying Leo is not getting in for months. Okay. If you go back to, I feel like even if you go back to our, definitely our pre-holiday predictions, I had, I was on this train where I was like, don't assume Leo's getting in. And then I, I want to say Eve, there were even hints of it when we did our premature predictions. So. I, I've just kind of been accepting of that. And it makes sense to me personally because I feel like the things that I have reservations about with Killers of the Flower Moon revolve around Leo's character and like mm. his, his role and the story being told through his perspective 
And, you know, on on our review, which you should definitely go listen to, I think it's definitely one of our best episodes. I asked the question, how, how dumb is Ernest? And I feel like the fact that I'm, I don't totally have an answer to that question yet, I feel like speaks to why, why pe- voters probably wouldn't want to right. nominate him. You know what I mean? I feel like Plus, his character's too unlikable. His character's too ambiguous. And then everyone's worried about Lily Gladstone, rightly so, because she's amazing. But like, you know. And Leo himself feels like he is kind of signaled, it's okay. Like, like pay attention to her, which I think is the right move. Like, they've campaigned for killers very well. Mm-hmm. So to create the narrative of like, oh, it's all about Lily Gladstone. Yeah. It's smart. But yeah, I don't know. This is, yeah, the, this I... is the price for that. <laughs> Agreed. I, yeah, I was just gonna say he's used all his juice for for Lily, and you know, to some degree, sort of, you know, putting putting Marty out there, but mostly Lily, and uh, you know, he'll he'll be fine sleeping on a a giant bed of money with some uh, nineteen to twenty five year old. Yeah. Um, tonight he'll be okay. He'll be just yeah, fine. He'll be fine. No one's worried about him. He's excellent in the movie. I'm gonna put that out there. I do. I do want to take a look at the all the nominations one more time to kind of come back and answer to sure. see if I can have a better answer to your question. In the meantime, Antonio, do you have an answer to this question of like, what was the biggest uh, miss or most significant miss? Uh, well, uh, you could probably guess it. it Andrew Scott um, for oh, all yeah. of the strangers missing an actor was um, it, it's not unexpected. Uh, right. Uh, the fact that BAFTA um, didn't nominate him, um, you know, SAGs didn't, didn't nominate him. Uh, you know, he won a couple of critics awards as we went along, but uh, to me, it was the most like affecting performance is ones that haunted me um, the most. And it, it's one that I really think that if if enough actors had actually seen all of us strangers during the voting period, it could have it could have made its way through. And I think it was a victim of of a poor, too late rollout, like it needed the yep. time yep. for people to really um, to, to see it and appreciate it. Um, so that was the one that I was really hoping for. And it just didn't play out. And I, and I definitely know who I would. <laughs> who I would um, sub out and act. Well, you know, actually, I'm not sure because I haven't seen Rustin. I'm, I'm looking at Bradley, poor maestro. <laughs> I was looking at, at Bradley Cooper. But yeah, I was I was really sad about that one in particular. And Celine's song, of course, for director. I'm sure all of us are, were sad that she missed out there. You know, I only, the only, the only thing that, that gives me sort of solace is just looking at the category and seeing like, well, that's a strong category. And that's why I think mm-hmm. that sort of like the broader narratives about like movies like Barbie getting ignored is maybe a little bit less about like people disliking Barbie because like Barbie has a lot of support and, and more about like, well, it's a pretty strong year in movies and there's a lot of movies to recognize. Um, and, um, and you know, these categories are, are tight. So, um, but Andrew Scott was one that I was hoping um, would get in. Uh, how about you, PT? Well, I mean, Jen already already brought it up. The one All that right, I, I, I left... go into the full the full your full manifesto about why you're upset well, about this. I I mean, I, I don't know if I call it a full manifesto. I will uh, note just be open about like I I tried to quickly shift you into talking about Leo instead of the screenplay, so I could talk about the screenplay. Oh, sorry. Um, that was that that was that was you know not not unintentional. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I just, I will admit, and again, Greg is not here, unfortunately. Um, and, and he can add his comments, uh, you know, into the, the headphones or car speakers, uh, where he is listening to this, but, uh, you know, I haven't read the book that, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is based on, but from everything I understand about that book and also about the original drafts of the screenplay, it was, it was 
uh, intensely overhauled to become the movie that it became. And it's still, you know, it does still, you know, carry the burden of, is this your story to tell? Is this the right way to tell that story? Are these the right people to put at the at the center of it? And, uh, you know, I, I think that the text is wrestling with that, sometimes very explicitly uh, to, you know, doing my best to avoid any spoilers about it. But, you know, the, it's something that it's really working on. And I think that the the thinking about adapted screenplay as honoring the act of adaptation of taking something that exists in one form and translating it into a screenplay, not just being like, what a great story. I'll tell it again over here. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it necessarily, I mean, I, again, I would want it to, to win. I would advocate for it to win. I don't think that it would, I don't really have a problem um, with, uh, I'm looking with really any of these movies, um, winning, uh, I, that would be great. I would, I would be very much in favor of that, but I do think that it had the most remarkable and in some ways, most exceptional work of adaptation and, you know, I don't know, take some other nomination away from it. And that would be fine. I would, I would sacrifice my boy, Robert De Niro, if I could get, uh, adapted screenplay in. Uh, for for that movie, at least for I, it to do, be I do love, I do love that we've turned this into like a Faustian <laughs> right. exchange. Okay. Oscar yeah. fairy, the Oscar fairy exists. It's just like is <laughs> holding a monkey's paw, and it's like you must change. You can change five nominations. <laughs> so so here's my here's my theory about what happened with Killers of the Flower Moon screenplay. It was too down the middle, and therefore satisfied no one. So mm-hmm. by that I mean. For the folks who were, because there's two camps, I think, in terms of people who are responding critically to that screenplay. One is the camp of like, this doesn't do enough. Like, yes, it is doing all the things you just said, radically shifting the the subjectivity of the of the story and kind of the emphasis of it in a way that is very progressive and good and what we want, right? But those pe- there are those people who are like, it's not going all the way, right? Because Leo is still sort of the main character. Lily Gladstone sort of like supporting him. Even though, you know, even though she's 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 a lead actress, but like she's she's a lesser part, like in terms of who's what whose point of view the movie is told from. Right. Um, and so there's that camp. And then the other half is like the the History Channel dads who are just upset. They just wanted like a thriller about the FBI. I've heard actually several critics, the ones that don't like Killers of the Flower Moon, wanted the the Jesse Plemons centric version where Mm. it's all about the fbi and they want they because the main i think one of the main choices that scorsese makes i'm gonna try to explain this without spoiling it is that everything is in plain sight it's no longer a mystery yeah which i think thematically is brilliant for what the movie's trying to do and i like it but i think if you're going into it being like oh i want like a crime thriller about the the formation of the fbi which is what the book is is my understanding then you're going to be disappointed. And so yeah. I feel like it didn't satisfy either of those groups. And therefore lots of people didn't want to vote for it. <laughs> That's fair. I, I will say I, I saw, and I think I said this in a text. Um, and and I, I, at this point, uh, I'm sending texts while students are doing group work. I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know who I'm sending them to. <laughs> Uh, uh, there, there's, there is a Hamlet discussion happening. Anyway, uh, there was, uh, I, I, I sent a text to someone today about how I, I did see someone. I don't think it's quite that, like quite that perspective. And I don't think it's the 
sort of Marvel super fan who's still mad at Martin Scorsese because he said that superhero movies don't matter. Um, but I, I think it sort of ties in with both of those or both are sort of the, the pushback on like this guy just makes his little mob movies about violent men and who cares. Um, but I did see someone saying like they started watching Kills the Flower Moon. And we got we got halfway through and I, I turned to my wife and I said, this is just a mob movie. Uh, and it was like written as if that was like this devastating critique of it, of it not being good. But it's like, no, that's exactly what it is. But like, yeah. no one thinks of that story as an organized crime narrative. That's why it's great that Martin Scorsese told this. And I, I don't, I think considering that, you know, this is the stuff all set up in the opening scene of the movie. It's not a spoiler to say it's an organized crime story and it's just done out in the open. No one is really like trying to hide it. In the same way that, like, no one's really trying to hide that they're in the mafia in his mafia movies. Um, and that, I think, is why it's really good. But I do understand that people are like, eh, I didn't really want that. That's not the story I wanted. Uh, and I also think it matters that these are two older gentlemen who have both won Academy Awards. And people might be like, they're fine. Like, they have their yeah. Oscars. Let's talk about Cord Jefferson. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about Chris Nolan. Let's talk about Greta Gerwig. Let's talk about Jonathan Glazer. I'm happy about all of that. Like, I've got no problem with those nominees. You know, I just like Killers of the Flower Moon. I also, as as folks have known, again, go back to the episode, check check the records. Uh, I have been saying, I was like, Lily Gladstone, best actress, give it best adapted screenplay, give everything else to Oppenheimer is fine with me. I was immediately bargaining with the That's, Oscar yeah. fairy uh, as soon as I finished, walked out of the theater. Um, but uh, alas, it's all it's all on Lily now, it seems at this point. Uh, in terms of, and this will be the last thing, and I and then I want to move on. But in terms of, if we're talking about a nominations that seem telling or that are sort of significant, in the opposite direction, directions is not a miss, but a getting in. I mean, I, I joked earlier that like Maestro got into too many categories, um, but Maestro getting into screenplay is to me is the biggest I mean, head scratcher. What is happening? Um. And I had predicted it too. So that's the thing is like when I was doing my predictions, I was like, this feels weird. Like I was like to me. So, so I guess I haven't fully shared my maestro take. So let me do an abridged version right now. I am, I, you know, maestro's not great, but it's not that bad either. And I think for me, I have a big nostalgia for older films from the fifties, sixties, like the, the eras that are part of that are kind of covered in maestro and especially the, the black and white section because I, I believe I text you after watching it for 25 minutes being like, I am in love with this movie. I already can tell it's great. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. And you were like, hmm, really? Because <laughs> you thought I had seen the whole movie. And so, like, I think certain parts of it, like Maestro getting into cinematography makes sense to me. Because this movie's shot very, very dramatically, but still very beautifully. And like the black and white and the color, it's all, it's, it's all work. That's all working for me. But the thing that's not working for me is the screenplay, because I feel like if we're thinking of the screenplay as a student paper, it's one of those ones where you're like, I can tell you think you have a thesis, but it's not coming across to everyone else. It's, a, it's a very much the cognitive egocentricity problem that we often face of like with writers where it's like, Oh, this makes sense to you, but you're not cueing the rest of us to get on board with like the messaging of this. And cause I've heard so many people try to debate about what Maestro is actually about. Um, and, and it's, it's, I think the fact that it's not clear, it's one of those things where it's not like open to interpretation in an interesting way. It's just not clear. And so, 
So that's why I was like, why is Maestro getting into the original screenplay? I was like, I would even yeah. put, I might even put Air over Maestro. I would put it in yeah, this category. I, I, I mean, you you had this question: What was the most stereotypically Oscar-y move? And and for me, it was over rewarding this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the Oscars love an uh, an actor slash director. The movie and Cooper's performance are flashy in a way that that um, that that seems designed for for like award show reels, right? Um, there are some Oscar Beatty scenes throughout the conducting, which was impressive, right? Like that was an impressive scene. The Thanksgiving fight with Mulligan and Cooper. Um, but for me, and for my take of, of Maestro is that, you know, instead of diving deep into its sort of fascinating central character and the actual ups and downs of Bernstein's career and and how his music is informed by his life, the movie is kind of half a sort of standard, like, you know, rise of like a great artist and half a kind of weepy domestic drama so it takes this sort of extraordinary artist and somehow bifurcates him into two kind of mediocre-ish movies um that, that and it felt sort of weird and unfocused and by the end of it look i think it's laudable that the that the movie um made carrie mulligan's character an equal to bradley cooper's character in terms of its focus but the problem is is that by the end of it like i felt like the central revelations of that character by the end that she was like always going to live in the shadow of like this man, you know, like that, that was one of the big things. And uh, just, it, it was, I was like, yeah, <laughs> right. Like that was, that was always going to happen. Right. And um, I, I felt sort of oddly unaffected and didn't feel like I had a better grasp of like either character really um, by the end of it. So, so that's why, you know, like, I think that you're right that like Jen, that, that, there that it's that you know I'm, I'm ragging on it because it it because I think it was over rewarded not because I thought it was yeah. just like such a like a stinker of a film yeah. but um but there were but again because there's so many um good films that, that I think this one which was just like okay um uh, for me it's it it um there were just so many better things I think and better better performances and better things to to reward PT what's your take uh, you know I I I feel. <laughs> I, I, my, my core take is I really wished I had liked it. So I didn't have to come back and be like, I didn't care for it because I had spent so much time talking to to you all about like thinking I wasn't going to like it. Um, my, my, my quick letterbox take, which I think ties into some of what Antonio was saying was something like, can a movie ever have so little subtext? It just becomes super text. Uh, because like, to me, it felt like, the, the thing that I have seen folks laud it for in the structure is like, well, this isn't a paid by numbers biopic. This isn't the, here's the sort of, you know, youth, uh, middle, you know, the, the, the arc of someone's life and the sort of Wikipedia check off of he does this, he does that, and he does this, um, that it was a little more abstract. It obviously had very abstract moments, but even in terms of like where he was in his career, you kind of just have to know or be able to sort of gauge like, ah, I guess he's at this point and this is what's going on in his life. Uh, or be able to recognize some music um, sometimes, uh, which I didn't do. And I was just like, what's that? And someone had to be like, it was, you know, that was his very famous work. Um, I was like, oh, okay. Um, so that's, you know, maybe me being on the outside of it. But it just felt like 
like the the uh, trade off for that is that there was just a lot of times of Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan talking to each other, being like, "Well, this is what I feel. Well, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do this because I feel this way." And like that was like a lot of the movie. Uh, another uh, nothing is more uh, interesting than recounting what um, I, we texted to each other. I'm sure, but I remember texting Antonio, knowing he had seen it, and also knowing to letterbox that he didn't like it that much so i could be like what's happening like what is going on like is is this getting better or is this like what when he was like not really like this is just gonna be what it is uh and i was like okay but w- now- one of the one of the things i said was um the the thing that i will be least upset if bradley cooper wins for this movie is the thing it least deserves and that is screenplay for all the reasons jen said the screenplay isn't very good but I'm just thinking about this year, like who he's up against for actor, who we who he would be up against for director if he made it in, which he didn't. Um, and then for picture, like I don't think this is bad. I don't think this was like you know a train wreck of a movie. I was sort of quick flipping through the last few years of the ten nominees, and I don't think I'd have it in last place any other year. It's right. just that it this year was so strong, and so many movies I really liked got in that it's just the clear, like, no, come on. Like, what are we doing here? And, you know, any anything that it did, I feel like there's another movie where I'm like, could we get, you know, could we get all of us strangers in? Could we get May, December in this category? Like, you know, there's, there's a, a bunch of plausible alternatives that could have made it in. Uh, but, you know, the, all that said, for a strong year, original screenplay, especially when Barbie left, was always a little shaky. Like it has, uh, it has its front runners. Uh, it's got anatomy of a fall. It has the, the holdovers. And after that, it was like, well, there's movies we love. And then there's movies that are trying really hard. Uh, you know, and the fact that May, December and past lives got in makes me feel better about Maestro being there. Uh, and, and I don't really think Maestro has much of a chance if it wins and Bradley Cooper can be happy because he has an Oscar. Great. I love Bradley Cooper. I want him to be happy. Uh, and I want him to have his Oscar. I don't want it to be in any other category for Maestro. Uh, except, you know, I mean, he's not going to get it for for makeup. If they got makeup, that would be fine. The makeup was very good. Um, apologies to the Golden I was going to say, that's, that's its best chance for a win at this point, I would say. With makeup, you got to be careful. Makeup and right, actors and actor. show together. Yeah. See it's the true. whale and Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Yeah. I, I would think the more likely thing right now, and again, this is because of my thoughts on who's like, because I, I maybe there will be a, a maestro uh, push now that it got enough of these nominations. I think it's much more likely that just Oppenheimer wins makeup and Killian Murphy yeah. wins Best Actor, and they're just sort of like, great, we're we're good. Here's <laughs> here's your here's your wheelbarrow full of Oscars, Oppenheimer. Like, <laughs> then we finally get an answer about whether or not the nose plays. Um, I think this is my last Maestro comment. Maestro does do a good job in its early, in like the first act of recreating how actors talked to each other during that period in movies. You know what I mean? Like that was the one thing where I was like, oh, they got that. They nailed it. They got that right. Mm, fair. And and best use of Snoopy in a movie that I've seen in a long time. So you're Snoop funny. and Snoopy. It's... <laughs> I will admit, I, I I I got actually upset when I heard someone on a podcast somewhere be like, "Oh, well, the the balloon doesn't doesn't do that. Like that's a green screen effect." 
Uh, like saying that as if like they had seen some behind the scenes footage. And I don't know why I thought that they had actually gotten a Snoopy balloon to do that one little thing that one passed by. But I was so impressed that I was like, I'm glad they really did the whole thing with the balloon. That's really nice. And then I found out it was a lie. They don't actually make movies that way. Um, I, I'll say this. I, I have no, I watched that whole movie and I don't feel like I understand. I understood anything about how Leonard Bernstein feels about music after watching it. And I feel right. like I probably should. Like, that seemed important. They talked about it a lot, but I don't feel like I actually got anything beyond, like, he liked being good at something. Terry Mulligan has this one line. This is the last, my, my, my last Meister thing that was especially puzzling because it's just screenplay and this is the last thing. Where um, I think she says something to the effect of, like, what fuels you, whatever, right? And, I'm, I'm, and, and yeah. you know, I'm, I moved to the edge of my seat. And she said something about, like, his anger or something like that. And I remember thinking, like, what? <laughs> um, like... I wrote that the characters are just, just this joyous, whatever, through the whole thing. And, um, and I don't know, I, maybe I just missed it, right? Maybe it's yeah, just yeah. something in the course of this that, but, um, anyway, all right, Jen, sorry. What, so, what, what, what I was we... gonna say, which, which is actually a perfect follow up to what you just said, I think we actually, this means we actually need to do a separate review of this movie to try to figure out what it's trying to do. Cause and I Greg have, I have it, thoughts, but so. I don't want to share them now because they're A, they're spoilery, and B, that's, it's, it's going to derail us in a way that I don't want. So, yeah, let's put a pin in it. Maybe maybe after we cool down after the nominations. then we, Or when Maestro suddenly surges in a month. Right. When, we when will it, have to takes, do an episode about it. When it takes home five awards and we're just like shell-shocked, we, we could talk about Maestro. Yeah, we could work through our feelings. PD, did you have anything to add about like what was the most – what was the, the Oscariest Oscar move? This is maybe this is just repeating, um, uh, re- repeating what was said before of getting really close to the line of not nominating any women in Best Director. Um, but I will say uh, instead to to stay a little bit on brand, the uh, Oscariest Oscar move is of course the fire inside from everyone's favorite uh, movie about a a product flame and hot, uh, which is the obligatory Diane Warren song for for this year, which we all knew was coming. I think there were two that were shortlisted. I, am I wrong about that? Or was there only one? I know there was a second Diane Warren song from the year that fell well, off and everyone was like, we're getting around the Cheetos one. Right, right, right. 80 for Brady did not make the shortlist. Okay. All that right. was that would have been the other one. Um, the Gonna Be You. Uh, yes. I mean, sung by Dolly Parton, so I would have I would have supported that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I will admit to not knowing who sings the Cheetos song. Chester, I hope. Uh, that would be someone wonderful. Someone called Becky G. Mm. Okay. Who I don't know because I'm old. But like, I don't know. It's actually not. Have you listened to it? It's actually not a terrible song. It's like a It's a good standard generic pop earworm. It does feel like Diane Warren was like, oh, wait, like, can I have like a salsa, like la- like Latin beat and then just do my normal thing? Which is, if you listen to the song carefully, that's what it is. But like, she changed the rhythm you know. preset on her Korg to be like, hmm, yes. what if I do a rumba? Boom. Oh, yes, okay. that's exactly what it sounds like. Um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I, I have not heard it. I, I have nothing but love for Diane Warren and her yeah. uh, Sisyphusian quest to win a competitive Oscar. Uh, it it seemed, I, I, would, I would assume I would be upset if it lost to any of these other songs. Uh, I'm sorry if it if it won over any of these other songs because 
Uh, I like all of these songs for for different reasons, and and the people who uh, who do them. Uh, it, it, I assume it's not really even a, a discussion. It's just going to be the Billie Eilish song, and everyone That's already what knows I would it. Guess. Uh, and we'll we'll have uh, two time uh, Academy Award winner uh, Billie Eilish and zero time Academy Award winner Bradley Cooper in the same room, uh, and that will be uh, that will be where where we're at by mid ceremony. That's tough. You know, Oscar nominations come out and you're going to grouse. We're going to grouse about like things that we don't like and praise the things that we like. Um, but, but you know, like there's always disappointments, right? Like the Oscars are like an X that we keep coming back to, even though they break our heart, <laughs> right? Like year after year. But occasionally there are moments, right? Like for me, like the most recent, like Olivia Coleman winning for The Favorite and, and um, uh, like the, the Sarah Pauly winning for Women Talking and where your just heart just swells. Um, and because it was like a category that wasn't foregone, right? It wasn't like you haven't seen them just win like 20 awards in a row. Um, and 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 so so the Academy gets it right. And then you get to see all these people that you love in the industry, you know, lauding them and applauding them. Um, and it just, it just makes you feel good. <laughs> right. And so, um, so anyway, part of why I love this, part of why I love just doing this with you all, right. Is that it gives us an opportunity to just talk about things that we really like. Like, it's kind of fun to also yeah. talk about the things that we don't love, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm always really interested to hear why you like the things that you like. Um, and, um, and often the Oscars give people a reason to express the things that they like or where their where their tastes align or don't align. So um so that's why I love I love like I don't love the prediction stuff necessarily for the predictions because I in a lot of ways I feel like predicting the industry feels like sometimes kind of a cynical exercise. Like yay, I got Brendan Fraser right last year. Didn't love it. <laughs> Didn't love the performance. Didn't don't want to see that again. Didn't feel great. Needed a shower after. But but like <laughs> but um but um but you know uh, it's, the, but it also gave me an, a, an occasion to talk about like Paul Mescal and, um, and, and, uh, Bill Nye and, and those performances. And that's, that's, I think to me, the value of like the, the ceremony and these, these conversations. That's a great way to think about it. I'm a maniac who treats pro- Oscar predictions like fantasy football. I know where I'm do. like, just, just I give me I the stats. I want to be right. Yeah. But I also, I also love talking about what what i love i mean the reason i started getting into that was because i love movies so it's good to to be reminded that that's really what this is all about in the like you know charlie brown's spirit of christmas uh we i need antonio on like the with the the linus monologue of like this is what the oscars are really about Um, holding a blanket yeah a blanket in one hand a statue in the other uh I I I I want to sort of try to split the split the lane between the the two of you. I mean, I I love what Antonio said. Uh, I love that Jen uh, is is always calculating uh, the best possible odds of her predictions. Uh, I I do love both of that. I, I think the comparison to fantasy football was apt in the sort of you know it's it, it, there is something just communal about it where. Uh, you know, uh, there is, you know, you go to a theater and you're with other people, sure. But even then it is, you're not supposed to talk and you're not supposed to say anything. And if you go to the movie theater, please don't, because um, that's super annoying and I will complain about it. Uh, but, you know, we also watch movies at home. It, it is kind of this, like, you know, you and a text 
engaging with something and then the opportunity to discuss it, the opportunity to sort of have this shared thing uh, where, where it's, it's not the experience necessarily of, of, you know, taking in the, the art, taking in the text, it's, it's, uh, you know, talking about it. It's, it's, it's diagnosing it afterwards uh, and breaking it down and reacting to it and sort of comparing reactions and comparing notes. And then the Oscars are just sort of like a, box in which you're able to do that in this, you know, and, and I think I've talked about this on, on other episodes. There's whenever I hear people uh, talk to my, to the friends, people I know who just, I was like, I hate the Oscars. I hate it. It happened. I, I actively dislike that they exist. You know, it's either rich people celebrating themselves is inherently gross. Uh, they're so full of themselves, blah, blah, blah. They love giving each other awards, don't they? They do it all the time. Uh, or on the flip side, it's like, how can you, you know, make it a competition? The George C. Scott, uh, I won't, I won't get involved in this because I, I will not compete with other people. But in the same way that like the things that draw us to uh or, or draw some people to really following a sports team, to building our own fake sports teams, to looking at at cataloging everyone who played one position or wore the same uniform number and being like, well, who is the best? Who is the best number eight on, uh, in this franchise feels very similar to what's the best, best supporting actor win that you remember seeing. Like there, there's just this sort of cataloging of things we like and sharing it and, and reminiscing about it and complaining about the things we didn't like or the times that it made us like angry and frustrated um, that's a good communal human experience. And I think that that's a good thing. Uh, and it, it, it's good to have, uh, you know, it, it's good to have them, even if, of course, it's fundamentally a bunch of, uh, very, uh, very successful people. And, and usually because of the industry, very rich people, um, giving each other little trophies to be like, good job. And someone being like, thank you. I did do a good job. You're right. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that is sort of insane and kind of a dumb thing to pay attention to. Um, but it's really fun. And it's, it's fun to both, you know, I love comparing the movies and sort of thinking about where things have gone wrong and where things could go right, uh, in the, in the awards. But, you know, there is also something, it's the same mindset that gets you sort of trying to crack the code of what are these people thinking about now and how do we, how do we predict it? Maybe that's gambling against your own team when it's something like Brendan Fraser and you're just like, okay, I'm putting my money on this, even though that way, if it wins, I win. And if he loses, I win because I don't want him to win. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a, I do this a, a all weird, the time, a weird place to be in. Yeah. But you know, that's, I think that's, you know, there, it's, a, it feels so weird. Um, and it, in a way it is, but there's so many categories in people's lives where they do stuff like that that I think it's good to have it and good to share it and talk about it so people can have a shared experience, even if they don't care about Oscars or even movies. There is a reason they call it the Oscars conversation or mm. if a movie is, or an actor is in the conversation. And I think it's because it's its own discourse community to bring it back to a term <laughs> that at least I use in my class all the time. There's a, we have a shared way of talking about this thing that we like um, that doesn't make sense to other people. <laughs> Have either of you ever tried to start an Oscar conversation because you thought someone would be into it and they were immediately just like, I don't know what you're talking about. All like the time. they, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That has happened to me. Or it'll be like someone will, a friend of mine will casually be like, oh, so the Oscar nominations came out today. And I'm like, I'm ready. Let's go. And then they're like, oh, no, I just wanted to know like what, like what people were wearing on the red carpet or like. <laughs> 
So, so people just engage with it a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, but that happens with so many things. I have that problem with Star Wars all the time where someone's like, oh, I like your shirt. And then I'm like, oh, have you seen the newest trailer for the Bad Batch? And they're just like, what is that? I don't know. Like, I just, I just like Yoda. Um, right. So, you know, that happens with, with, with most things I like. Anyway, thank you both for giving, I think, a really thorough breakdown. And I think, I think, you know, we had a lot of fun conversations about what these nominations mean and sort of like how we how we reacted to them so thank you both very much and pt if people want to give their reactions and pass them on to us what can they do well as mentioned earlier they can uh comment on the longtake.substack.com where where this is hosted your your substack jen uh and they can also uh, add comments on instagram or or threads again at the long take review they could also send us an email um the long take review at gmail.com we also are all collectively on letterbox uh varying degrees of uh, of activity um but we have been tagging uh, reviews that we that we put up there with LTR Pod. So if you go to any of our pages, I don't know if you can search for a tag, but if you go to any of our pages and look at a review, it will have LTR Pod. You can click on that and then see everyone's reviews. There will give you a little rundown of the different movies we have been watching, uh, and and you can click through to some of our reactions. So you can add some comments there, I guess, in in relevant places if you would like. And Antonio, Letterboxd is famously now the only social media platform you're on. Where can folks find you on there? They can find me A Elefano. A-E-L-E-F-A-N-O. You can find me on Letterboxd at Qui-Gon Jen or on Threads and Instagram at Subchokchai, S-O-P-C-H-O-C-K-C-H-A-I. I totally went crazy with my Instagram stories this morning because it was my whole feed was just like entertainment news outlets like saying what all the nominees were and so i would just share those and then add my own like crazy comment uh so if you if you want to see what those are you can go you can go on instagram there were a couple of victory laps i believe i got all of these right i got all of these right too just you know shots were called shots were made just you know some full larry bird moments from jen this morning I mean, I don't know if going five for five in in makeup and hairstyling is really something to to be bragging about, um, but that that's one of them. Um, <clears throat> but I did I did get I all best should. picture. All this is the first time ever that I've gotten all ten best picture nominees correct. So yeah. there's that. And I I can't say that, but I will say this is the first time I've ever seen all ten best picture nominees when the nominations came out. I haven't actually. And that in of itself is impressive. Yes. It is. Greg, ha- Greg has his own crazy calculations of how many movies he's already seen versus how many movies. So you can you can follow him on uh, Instagram at because I know for a fact that's where he was posting that. I on Canon, and you can see his crazy handwritten lists of all the movies and the ones he hasn't seen yet. It's great. Speaking of the opening of Seven, just sort of the little <laughs> little tiny writing journals. <laughs> Yeah. Or it's, it's a very Paul, Paul, it's a Paul Schrader thing, right? Um, men with tiny notebooks. Um, <laughs> right, we've really gone off the rails here. Thank you both again. Happy Oscar nominations, everybody. Thanks for listening. You can follow The Long Take Review on Substack at thelongtake.substack.com. Subscribe for free to receive new podcast episodes as well as written reviews of films with Oscar buzz 
and new films and series from pop franchises like Star Wars and Marvel.